0: This is Tiger Cats Post Game on the
1: Cats Audio Network. Toronto Argonauts 28, Hamilton Tiger Cats 8. Three and nine are the Hamilton Tiger Cats sitting at the bottom of the CFL East Division. This is the Tiger Cats Post Game. I'm Bubba O'Neill along with Andy Fantuz and we'll have a roundtable a little bit later in the broadcast. A couple things to review here, Andy. 8 8 at the half. Pretty good feeling, but a familiar theme comes back to bite the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah,
0: even late in the third quarter, it's it's 11 8 for the Toronto Argonauts. Hamilton's about to get the win in the fourth quarter. It's 11 8 going into the fourth quarter, and just it's like a broken record. Just a snowball effect of negative plays, turnovers. And big touchdowns to all accumulate to a 20 to 0 second half point difference for Toronto, uh, and three second half turnovers by the Ticats
1: firing on the offense, and I knew a, a lot was not expected from the Ticat offense. We could not say that we were going to expect uh, a Dane Evans or a Matthew schultz like offense. We you know, ran over that in the pregame that we would probably see something a little bit more simplified, more ball control-like, but unfortunately, they could not pick up first downs to work time off the clock, uh, to switch field position. It was a challenge all day long.
0: It was, a, it was a grind, I mean, both teams were grinding it out, and then in the second half, I mean, Hamilton had a total of, of four first downs, but three of them were in garbage time at the end of the game. So they had a first down on their opening drive of the second half, and then two and out, two and out, two and out, two and out, until the, st- the turnover started. So it, you, you can't win ball games like that. There was, a, there was a quarterback switch there, you know, late in the third quarter that uh, I'm not sure if there was an injury or not, but Jalen Morton came in and, and uh, you know, really didn't show any type of promise there. And so Jamie Newman came back in to finish the game. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it seems like we're saying the same kind of thing here at the in the post game show over and over again with the second half performance, with the, you know, the, even some of the penalties in the second half, you could see some of the negativity creeping in and it's just getting sloppy in certain ways uh, on the field. So I, I tell you, I mean, it's happened many times this year where we're sitting here thinking, I like where we're at at halftime. I like where we're at going into the fourth quarter, and uh, and just the wheels fall off.
1: The Tiger Cats uh, post game, we will talk to Coach O. A couple of questions to certainly ask him in a very very difficult loss here at home. Uh, we will talk to our. A player in the locker room will announce our performer of the game as presented by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. And then we'll go four wide with our post-game show. Courtney Stephen, Mike Daly will join us here. Uh, Andy, while we have a chance here, let's review your Car Star keys to victory.
0: Yeah, let's do that. So the first one was explosive plays. And... It wasn't even close uh, in this game. I mean, Hamilton had had one, technically had one explosive play. They had a 20-yard run by Sean Thomas Erlington in the first half. They had a chance for maybe a couple catches, but didn't come up. So just one explosive play. Uh, you know, when you're trying to grind out yards all game long with a third and fourth string quarterback, you need to have those chunk plays. And they just, there wasn't even a lot of opportunities Uh, like meaning they didn't take a lot of chances to get those, they didn't throw a lot of deep balls, and then when they did, they didn't come up with them. So only one for Hamilton, Toronto had five, two of them for touchdowns, a 26 yard touchdown in the first half, a 27 yard touchdown in the second half, a big 53 yard play right before that 26 yard touchdown in the first half. So that drive, there was two wide open receivers, 53 followed by 26 for a touchdown. And uh, and then just sprinkled a few others throughout the game. So they had five explosive plays, uh, and that, that's all they needed. They didn't really need to take any shots. So big, big uh, fail on number one, Carstar key, three key. Number two. Number two was starting field position, and another big loss here. Toronto started on their own 43-yard line on average. They started on the Hamilton side of midfield four times. Ouch. Where Hamilton started on their own 30-yard line, so it's a 13-yard difference over a first down every single time, and they had zero times starting on the Toronto side of half. So not going to get it done. There a couple special teams penalties, a couple of slips trying to catch the punts. Uh, obviously the turnovers come into play with that, at, which is number three. Uh, Carstar three key number three so we'll get to that I guess sure so the turnover ratio was four to two in favor of Toronto two interceptions two turnovers on downs um, so that certainly helps the uh, the field position battle but it all it all comes into play and, and that's why that's why it's one of the keys is because there's so many factors that are coming into the field position but Toronto um, excuse me Hamilton that they've only matched or won the turnover ratio twice this season out of 12
1: games and and against the Argos it's been horrific
0: horrific I think actually one of those was was it because it was a 0-0 if I'm not mistaken back in like uh the second the time that they won here at home uh second game the second game I think it was 0-0 so but other than that it's been yeah I mean the last two games has been 10 to 3 and you're just not going to win any games like that now, mind you, when you're going forward on third and seven at the end of the game, like you've got to take those into considerations. but stats are stats. They're objective. And So as far as the three keys are concerned, um, I think they, they were pretty accurate today because Hamilton lost them all pretty badly, and that and shows on the scoreboard.
1: Our performer of the game, we kind of tossed this around. There are a couple options there on a tough day for the Tiger Cats here in front of a record crowd, 25,266. Most ever to see a game here at Tim Hortons Field. Jamal Roll provided some certain uh, excitement there uh, in the game where really it felt like the game could go it either way.
0: Yeah he had four tackles and he, he did you know have the only points in the game essentially for the Cats. He, he took that interception back to the house.
1: 66 yards. Uh,
0: so that was an exciting play keeping them in the ball game in the first half and um, and, I, I, you know, I had to go back to the film, but I didn't notice any of those uh, those big explosive plays being against him uh, throughout the game. So he's our performer of the game today.
1: Hercules tire right on our strength. Let's bring in Mike Daly um, from a defensive disp- perspective. And we knew this was going to be a game that basically – the defense would have to play at a higher level than they normally would have because of the, f- the fact that you had two young quarterbacks playing in this game that were not going to be able to put up the amount of points that we would normally see possibly under a Schiltz or an Evans. How did they fare today?
2: Yeah, I mean, early on you look at it and, you know, they get two interceptions, which was a huge factor for this Cats defense, right? Because that's kind of where it was lacking when you look at the turnover ratio that the Cats are experiencing right now. The defense needed to come up with some some big time plays on defense, and I thought, you know, obviously the Jamal roll interception touchdown where he capitalized on the tip, right, and then the interception in the end zone to keep them away from points. Um, I think that was that was a good aspect of the Ty Cats defense, where it ended up falling apart. And Andy mentioned it is just the missed tackles in the second half, right? I mean, you look at it when they're coming out in the the third quarter, you have them pinned at the thirty, and Let ends up getting two missed tackles down the sideline there's a late penalty right with with cam kelly another 10 yards and then the argos get out of uh, a backed up position so it's like a a hot and cold thing for this defense right now but i I was very happy to see the Ticats get their hands on some interceptions you know because that was lacking initially.
0: Yeah, when the cats are, you know, when they're against the wind, you you really can't afford to be taking those 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 penalties and missing those tackles that are so uncommon for this team. So I think we're going to head down to the locker room here.
1: Exclusive access to the coaching room. Time to check in with Coach Orlando's 9-Hour as presented by Access Storage. Coach, a tough one. A lot of crowd support here. Really, really pulling for your defense and your offense for something to happen. How do you assess the today's loss
3: let's start with the crowd's effort freaking unbelievable unbelievable they just uh showed up they were loud they were passionate and uh so just uh yeah i can't say enough about that um yeah this is uh this is not how we envisioned it uh we weren't uh we weren't good enough period
0: Coach, was there um, an injury to to change the quarterback in the third quarter, or was that just a a coaching decision?
3: Yeah, it was just a coaching decision. Tommy and I talked just to take a peek. There was a few things that uh, we had went over, and and Jamie just wasn't seeing some of the things that uh, we had went over in practice, so it wasn't a a benching. It was just to give a change of pace. It was something that we had talked about going into the game, and uh, that's it.
2: Yeah, Coach, heading into this bye week, what do you tell the guys, you know, coming up into the bye and knowing you all Winnipeg on the other end, what are you going to get into their head while they, you know, go on this little bit of a break?
3: Well, I just want them to clear their head. That's that's what it is. Like, the, we, we know we know what needs to be done. And, uh, you know, we just got to be better coming out the other side. So I just encourage them to get away and make, make wise choices and, you uh, get ready to come to work but going coming to work and showing up and working hard is not a challenge to this football team
1: coach you're looking at the standings right now hamilton three and nine toronto improved to six and five still uh not that far away from getting to the top and i think we're kind of thinking that maybe it will be a first or second uh, position that you need to get into to make that playoffs still a lot of time left how do you keep the momentum keep away the negativity Keep these guys fired up to believe, and until you're mathematically eliminated, that this there's still a chance.
3: That's just what it is, right there. And, you know, that's you know, that's the opportunity that we're afforded right now. Um, we're gonna have to play a lot better if we're even gonna think about uh, situations like that. But uh, we're gonna control the next game, the next practice, the next meeting, and that's uh, that's really what it is. So, uh, that, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't. Again, if you come in our building. You're going to be hard pressed to find negativity. Frustrating—that's that, that you'll find, uh, and that's normal, and that's you know—and we don't accept we don't accept losing. We're not not used to it around here, and it's a different thing and a different emotion for everybody. But yeah, I don't subscribe to the negativity that you possibly were suggesting.
1: And we look forward to the positivity and see you guys back at practice, all fired up, getting ready for the Grey Cup champions right here at Tim Hortons Field. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Okay, thanks, guys. Coach Orlando Steyer, sign our exclusive access to the coaching room. Uh, thanks for him to join us in a real tough situation. I think we've talked to him in some situations where uh, it's been real tough. I mean, it was some of these ones, but when you got this type of crowd support and people pulling for you, and really your team just doesn't perform to the way I think they envisioned, Mike, that's got to be real tough mentally to kind of. And I know the coach talked about it but to keep that negativity out of the locker room.
2: Yeah, it's always tough. But, I mean, the positive outlook on it, and, you know, you mentioned it to Coach O, is they still have a a great opportunity to get into the playoffs, and that's what the goal is at this point. It's you got to get into the playoffs because the hottest team going into the playoffs is the one that ends up pulling it out. So there's this, like, you know, sunshine over a a complete dark cloud that people are looking at the Ticats with because – all they got to do is turn around a couple games, figure a few things out, and maybe this bye week is exactly what they need just to clear their head, come back and execute. But I, I do truly believe Coach O when he says, you know what, in the locker room you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find guys that are negative, and it's just what do we got to do better to to pull these games out? You could hear you could hear his emotion
0: when we talked about the fans, right, and how you know he's so just dis- disappointed for for the fans for the community. Uh, of course, his team, but um, man, it's like we're it's like we're still in there with them. You know what I mean? It's it, but this bye week does. I, I agree. It comes at a perfect time, going in the final third of the season, six games left. I mean, to to think you're going to get first is a stretch a bit because you're going to have to win four more games than Toronto wins, and there's only six games left, and Toronto actually has seven games left so to think that Toronto's only going to win two out of seven and then you have to win six out of six is the is the, is the the first place scenario so that's pretty unlikely so it's like looking at second place and I, I don't think the crossover is guaranteed by any means. Uh, Saskatchewan's got a tough schedule, Calgary has a tough schedule, a lot of western teams so you never know how that's going to shake out but the one thing I thought he said that was really important is like forget about that we just have to play better we have to figure something out and figure out a way to play four quarters play turnover free or at least uh, take care of the ball better than we are to, to even be thinking about where we're going to do in the playoffs right
2: yeah and it gets to the one play at a time kind of thing right and it's funny because i mean i guess not funny but we feel that emotion even just sitting on this side and i'm sure all the fans do as well right where it's just like oh my gosh man come on you know what I mean? Uh, it's tough. Let's bring
1: in Courtney Stephen to the round table. Um, Courtney, I'm going to go back to the first quarter and the first touchdown, the opening score of the game, the Argonauts, a 53-yarder to Banks, and then one play later, it's uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson to Ambles for 26 yards touchdown, 3 plays, 79-yard drive. Was there? Was that just a great drive by McLeod Bethel-Thompson, or did you see some issues in the secondary?
4: Well, it's not anything exotic that Toronto did, but it was something that was very smart by Coach Dinwiddie. When you get a defense in a 4-by-1 situation, you're able to dictate what coverage they're going to be in, and based on the game film, they knew how the Ticats were going to try and defend that formation, and that's how they're able to exploit it at the right time and set up uh, the offensive scoring range. So, you know, hats off to them. They brought their game plan. They made the plays that were there for them, and I think that's that's the difference that it's been all year for the Ticats. It's that you know, they haven't been playing well enough to make mistakes like a 50-yard explosive. Uh, and that leads to points. So today, it didn't go their way. They were in it until the fourth, but they didn't They didn't close the door.
1: Andy, um, <laughs> it's funny. I knew one of these games we were going to have to say something like this. Brandon Banks, two receptions, 80 yards, one touchdown, couple of runs, and a touchdown. He came to play.
0: He did, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought at that first, that 53-yarder, you know, I, th- I thought he could have scored on that, to be honest, and for some reason he fell down to catch it. But um, certainly that run where he almost got tackled for about a six or eight-yard loss, able to um, kind of extend the play, he, he looked like he was trying to throw it for a second and then ended up knifing it up the middle. And the, the Brandon Banks that we saw, you know, we knew from, from years past, we saw it on that one and then. And then a great, a great slant and go play on the, on the long touchdown. It was right after, uh, right after an interception, and you, you know, oftentimes you go for the jugular after those turnovers, and that's what they did, and they came through. So it happened so quick. It uh, from the from the third and one that cut stopped to the bank touchdown, then the interception to the touchdown. The next play, it's, uh, it was
1: just very deflating. You could see throughout the stadium. Let's go right back to the locker room. Let's connect with our player of the game, Earthly's Tire, right under strength player of the game, Jamal Roll. This exclusive post-game interview is brought to you by Access Storage. Jamal, tough one today. Uh, you made that big play, the big touchdown. You had the fans going on your side. It just could not... Uh, was it a matter of the defense was just on the field a little bit too much today?
5: No, I wouldn't say that. I think it was okay would be on the show However long it was... Uh... However long the game was, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great play. I'm glad I was able to make a play and uh, get a spot at some points. And uh, we were just trying to string a win, um, you know, trying to get the momentum out there.
4: Jamal, as soon as you put your hands on the ball, you, you had a sense of urgency about you. And obviously that ended up in you getting into the end zone. What was the mindset of that back end coming into this game? And how how were you planning to attack Toronto?
5: Uh, we know they're dangers with their quarterback factor, loose, Right, so we were trying to stick with the receivers and uh, establish like bump and run. And we played well throughout the game. It was just uh, if we could, we would have some plays back. So, man, we were just trying to be with the receivers and get hands on and disrupt timing, and uh, you know to hopefully come come take with takeaways.
0: Jamal, it looked like an extremely physical game. There, I was on the sideline for a bit. and... Was that kind of the mindset coming in, is, is gang tackling and, and hard hitting and, and really uh, put your put your uh, signature on the game early?
5: I mean, it's Labor Day. Uh, we were expected to play 60 minutes of hard nose football. We know uh, everybody that played the game before us, and we know what it meant to the city. And so we were just trying to play our hearts out and um, give the fans what they came, came to see.
2: Hey, Roll. Uh, nice to see you getting to the end zone there, but... Um, you know what what do you kind of do with I guess your first group with the DBs just to get ready for this next little stretch because obviously every game means you know absolutely everything for the rest of the season so you're a positive guy what are you kind of telling that group and leading them with
5: oh well we never play a perfect game so going forward we just try to learn um, learn from each game and going forward we just try to uh, like I said, learn from the mistakes and just learn what we did well, learn what we didn't do so well, and uh, and just take it to the next game. Every game is an opportunity, and um, every guy has a resume. And so we're just trying to play the best ball we can play.
1: Jamal, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your bye week, and as the coach said, clear your head, get ready for a wild little stretch to get back into that playoff picture. So thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Jamal, roll four tackles. 66-yard pick six in the first half. He's a performer of the game as well. Presented by Hercules Tire, right on our strength. So, I guess guys, let, let let's let's just go to you know, down to about nine minutes here. I got to ask you a question here. Third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, the game is still kind of hanging at it's 11 to eight, uh, and there was a quarterback change on a and a turnover on downs, third and one and they don't get it it seemed to change a game
2: yeah that was a I mean you know coach o always talks about certain plays that completely change a game and that was one of them for sure when you get a turnover on downs on a quarterback sneak on the third of one where you expect to get it right there's going to be one time in the season where you don't get it and it just happened to bite them and bite them in this game where it's you know close game in their own end they don't get it turns around but that's a product of you know now you're at your fourth string quarterback getting him under center to do sneaks and it, maybe he hasn't been there a ton during the season and practice throughout that season and yeah that was a huge huge turning point because that's automatically flipped field and, and points right away for the Argos
0: yeah for me it's a three-point game you just got the wind like you said the third the fourth string quarterback I don't like how he caught he got the ball and went laterally for one on a quarterback sneak but i am a big believer in setting a mindset that we're gonna go for it every single time within a yard and just get that in your head because that's got to be automatic however (laughs) in a game like this where you're having trouble pushing the ball downfield it's a field position game and bobs you and i talked about it we're just starting the fourth quarter we just got the wind three-point game I mean are you thinking that Jalen Morton's gonna go you know 80 yards downfield for a touchdown at that point maybe this is the one time I would agree to sort of punt the ball and let your defense let the strength of your team do some plays now I'm not necessarily question the coaching decision but that was a that was such a huge huge turn it was so you could see the whole momentum in 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 the stadium it just flipped it's like oh boy we've been here before you know?
2: Yeah, and uh, and Andy, I mean, I'll argue with you a little bit on that because you you look around the league and it's third and one. You have to have it exactly like you said. It's got to be one of those things where you absolutely have to have it. And to have that happen at that point, at that failed position, you know, going in the fourth quarter, it is. It's just it, it killed the momentum if there was any for the TyCats at that time. And it, that's one of those things where exactly you're exactly right. Fall forward. Don't go outside, get that one yard, just trust your big boys up front and, and go get that one yard.
4: But the crazy thing is, even with the turnover on downs backed up deep in your own end and Toronto scoring, it still wasn't over yet, right? It still wasn't over yet. I it's, thought a ten,
1: it's a 10-point game. I mean because they cash in on a three play, three play 23yard drive, that's a bank's four-yard touchdown run. so that's making it 18 to 8 and there's still there's still you know double digits left on the clock absolutely and
4: i think from that point the momentum shifts of course you feel that but you have to you know dig inside yourself and find out okay what is actually working and let's just get a heavy dose of that you know let's just get a heavy dose of that simplify it whittle it down i, I look back at 2017 it was a time where notoriously the the tie cats were struggling i was a part of that team um and so just speaking from personal experience when the shift happened from going from that 0-8 team to that 6-4 and 4 team that finished the season, it wasn't like they cleared house and brought an entire new roster in. It's like the majority of the same guys, you know? And uh, I think there's a catalyst that has to present itself to make that change, and I don't know what it is, but the team's definitely going to be searching for it. And uh, if they can find it, there's still hope.
1: Andy, let me throw this to you here. And this is, we talked about the situation that you're down to your third and fourth string quarterbacks and that the rushing game was going to be important today, or at least to establish the run to help set up the pass. Pappy White, one run. Jalen Morton, quarterback, two runs. Uh, Tim White, wide receiver, one run. Jamie Newman, quarterback, six runs. Your two running backs, Sean Thomas, Erlington, three carries. Don Jackson, three carries. Is that a problem? It's hard to say because
0: it's you 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 go with the flow of the game and there were In the first half. It seemed like the amount of running was appropriate Um, And then once you get down late in the game, it's hard to keep running the ball. So uh, You know you want to be feeding these guys, but obviously on the other side of the ball Toronto if they're If you're not throwing it deep at all they're loading the box so it's hard to run. So it's hard to call these plays. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you want to get more touches to your, to your, to your playmakers and, and, and Don Jackson and, and SDE.